0: Welcome to the podcast, of Pastor Joseph Castillo from All Nations International Fellowship. Enjoy this podcast while you're doing household chores, riding your car, or even your morning devotions. I trust the living word of God to change your life forever. Visit us online at www.anifbeijing.com. So it says here, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruits of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Your life will be filled by the increase of your lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it, speaking of the tongue shall eat the fruit thereof. Those that love and cherish and honor and reverence their own word will eat the fruits of the power of their tongue. Do you hear me? The Bible says that everything be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. So let me take you to James chapter 3. And after we read this, you'll not be able to argue with me at all. James chapter 3, starting with verse 2. Love your tongue. Watch your words. Identify what's in your heart. What do you think? What do you believe? By what you speak, by what you say. My friend Ed, we were roommates, and when I was young Christian, and he said, Joey, what's going on with you? I said, what do you mean? He said, every time I meet you, you're negative, you're complaining, you're upset, something's not right, something's not good. He said, that's, that's you know, I said, nothing's wrong. I'm fine. He said, no, every time I'm with you, you're kind of negative. Every time I'm with you, it's like poison out of your mouth. Something, so, you know, your, your underwear is too tight. Your shoes are too big. Or you're just complaining constantly about something. Well, I said, you know what? I, I didn't even notice that. And I began to pray, and I began to realize that there was a frustration in my life that was undealt with. And I said, Ed, I said, you're right he recognized that there was something wrong in my life by the the words of my mouth, by the fruit of my lips. And this one area that was frustrating me was causing me to curse everything else around me, number one, and number two, making me unpleasant to be with. Do you hear me? Let's look at this in James chapter 3. For in many things we offend all, what this means, I had to look it up in another version because I, I, I didn't understand that, and I have my parallel Bible now. But it, it, in other words, what it means is that we make a lot of mistakes in a lot of different ways is what it means. The NIV says here in verse 2 that we all stumble in many different ways. So many things we offend all. We all stumble in many different ways, But if a man offend not in word, the same man is a perfect man. So a person who doesn't stumble in the words that they speak, James says that they're a perfect person. I said, wow, what are you saying, Lord? The same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Look also at the ships, which they're so great, and they're driven by fierce winds, yet, They are turned about with a very small helm. Didn't Jesus say it's the little foxes that spoil the vine? But they're turned with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're the governor. You're the governor of your own life. Jesus is the president, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the governor is going is to be the one to execute how their life is run. Do you hear me? And if you're running that province poorly, you might be removed. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire is kindleth and the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity so the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature we're going to read a little bit more here let me let me finish then i'll go back okay And it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and birds and serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath not been tamed of men and have been tamed, excuse me, by mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is the unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men. We are made after the similitude of God, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not to be so. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet, water, and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either uh, vine figs? Can a fountain both yield salt and fresh water? This is the verse that caused me to stop swearing. Before I was a Christian, I used to swear in F and S-H-I-T and all these bad words, right? I heard Creflo Dollar preaching on the power of the tongue. And Creflo said, you can't cuss with your friends and then bless your bank account in prayer. Because bitter and sweet water can't come out of the same fountain. If you have sweet water and you put in a little bit of bitter water, the whole cup is ruined you can't pray to your father and ask him for healing ask him to save your family members and then go and cuss people with the same tongue because you dilute the power of your tongue and you make your prayers you make your words powerless same thing with lying when you lie you dilute the power of your tongue because your spirit is made to reproduce what you say. But if your spirit is used to lying, your spirit is used to not producing what you say. Do you understand me? So this is why James says that if you can learn to love your tongue, to carefully choose your words and carefully speak life. If you can manage the tongue, you can become a perfect man. You can rule every area of your life. You can have dominion, you can have blessing, you can have harvest over every part of your life. Let me read this to you in the, in the, in the Amplified Version to highlight this. It says here in the Amplified Version, for we often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, never saying the wrong things, he is fully developed of character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and curb his entire nature. You're struggling with sin. You're struggling with laziness or whatever it is you're struggling with in your life. You can curb it by the way that you speak. You could curb the way that you speak by the way that you think. You could curb the way that you think by getting the word of God into your mind and by changing the way you view things, changing the way you view the world, by being honest with yourself and letting the word of God change you. Do you hear me? Now, isn't this the purpose of the pastor, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and preacher. The 5 full ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, excuse me, evangelist, pastor, teacher, all five of those ministry gifts are given to the body of Christ that you would be fully developed in character, a perfect man able to control the whole body and curb his entire nature and do the work of the ministry. That's what it says in Ephesians. God has given the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher to perfect the saints, to perfect the saints, to have them have rule over their life, rule over their nature, rule over their future, rule over their family, that they would choose life and that them and their children will live and multiply and be blessed and increase. Isn't that what the fivefold ministry is for in Ephesians? The only way that we can get on that path is by learning to control the tongue. What do you say? Now, listen to this. Listen how powerful this is. I'm going to go back a few verses. Amen. Let's go back and let's look at this verse again. Verse six The tongue is a fire, amplified. It's a world of wickedness among our members, contaminating and depraving the whole body and setting on fire the wheel or the cycle of nature. What is witchcraft? The Bible says that witchcraft is a work of the flesh. It's not... Now, true enough, they'll cut some chicken's head and they'll dance around, maybe kill a baby, you know, maybe, you know, go into a trance and all that stuff. But the Bible says that the witchcraft is a work of the flesh. What that means is that they're using incantations, uh, amulets, charms, curses, blood sacrifices. They're doing this to manipulate natural laws in the earth. That's why it's a work of the flesh, because witchcraft is just trying to manipulate natural laws, to manipulate laws that God has already put in the earth. That's why you might even see a, 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 a witchcraft, or in, in, in your country they call them a dunkun, right? They might do something similar to a prophet in the Bible, what they've done, because they're both operating on, on, on spiritual laws, but one's doing it illegally, Influenced by the enemy and the other one's doing it influenced by the Lord and for the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? A witch will prophesy or tell the future. A a prophet might give a word of knowledge and tell the future. What's different is not the manifestation. What's different is the inspiration. The inspiration is different, not the manifestation. Do you hear me? A witch might fall on the ground and roll on the floor, but a Holy Ghost Pentecostal might be praying and falling on the ground, rolling on the floor, speaking in tongues. The manifestation is the same, but the inspiration is different. Do you hear me? So it says here that the tongue will set on fire the course of nature, meaning that you curse yourself, you curse your neighbor, you set in legal motion laws that are already in the earth by God, and it begins to be a snowball effect. So today, it's a snowball, but by the time it gets down to the end of the block, it's a huge avalanche. Because the tongue sets the course of nature going it operates and begins to release natural law there's so many places in the bible where we see this when 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 jesus walked into the little into the room where the girl was dead you notice jesus didn't say she's dead Jesus said she's not dead she's just sleeping He wasn't being poetic. He was reactivating the course of nature. He was releasing a spiritual law. He was saying, no, she's not dead. He was speaking life. When the woman lost her son in the field and and, and she came out with the son and the prophet, the servant came out and said, what's wrong? She said, all is well. She wasn't lying. She was initiating spiritual law. She was setting on fire the course of nature. She was, she was kindling a fire for the laws of God to come in and save and rescue her child. When Abraham was going up the mountain with his son and with the fire and with the wood and his wife said, and his son said, where are you going? He said, we're going up to worship God and we're coming back down. He was setting on fire. He was beginning, he was releasing and speaking what he desired, what he was believing for. The Bible later on says Abraham believing that God, who had promised and gave him a son, that the same God who told him to kill him was also able to raise him up. He was releasing spiritual law with his words. You set on fire the course of nature. Your words begin to activate the laws of nature, and life or death is in the power of your tongue. My grandmother liked to say stuff to my kid Oh, you grow up, you're gonna be poor. You grow up, you're gonna be a playboy. You're gonna be naughty, or you're gonna be a rebellious teenager. I could tell right now. Then she thinks it's cute, and she laughs. And I told my wife, if she don't stop saying that, she's going to be sleeping on the street. Well, now we actually moved her out. She she is not living with us anymore. Because you're not going to sit in my house and curse my kids for the sake of humor. How many times do we curse each other for the sake of humor? How many times do we curse people being judgmental upon them? Well, you know, they're always late. Joking, but I'm helping them to be always late by cursing them, setting into motion, setting into process the power of life and death. I'm declaring they're always late. Now, I'm not perfect in this. You know, my pastor, Bill Winston, he is so careful with this that he said for 20 years, 20 years of his life, he never said the word, ever, unbelievable. Because he was training his spirit to believe all things are possible with God. He never said the word, unbelievable. And one day he was in his office, and he, somebody said, oh, yeah, pastor, you hear about this? He said, wow, praise God, unbelievable. And he caught his mouth. He said, oh, I haven't said that in 20 years. And he began to pray, God, where did I let the enemy in my life? Where does Satan get into my mouth? Where did he begin to get control of my tongue? And the Lord showed him there's staff in the office that are speaking like this. And he picked up that speech. And pastor got up on Sunday. He said, if you're working on staff here and I hear you say unbelievable again, you will not have a job Monday. Because in this house, In this church, we have to create a call. We're going too high in the spirit. We're doing too much in the world to have cheap talk. We have to begin to raise the standard in our lives. Do you hear me? Amen. And then it says here, and the tongue, speaking of the tongue, it is set on fire of hell. What that means is your tongue activates principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in heavenly places, demonic spirits, and, and dominions. Your words can set into motion all the power of every demonic realm and release it into your life, release it into your family, release it into your finances, release it into your studies. Jeff, I was an F student F, 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 F. I thought F meant fantastic. (laughs) When I went to college, you know what I began? Every day I said, Father, I thank you. I'm a straight A student. Father, I thank you. I'm a straight A student. I graduate head and shoulders above all of my classmates. And when I graduated, I graduated a straight A student. And those of you who read my book and saw my typos, you know that's a miracle. But I graduated straight A's. Even though I was late so many times, I should have been kicked out of the class and failed. But my confession was more powerful, that my prayers were more powerful than the natural law of if you're late, you're marked. If you're more than 15 minutes late, you're marked absent. If you're absent more than five times, you get an F for the class. But I had built up a year in prayer declaring I'm a straight A student and for some reason all my teachers mart said they looked i don't know what they did i have no clue what they did they looked at, at the end of the semester and said joey a <laughs> while other classmates failed the class for simply being late but life and death is in the power of your tongue do you hear me love your tongue Love your neighbor. We don't I don't think we have time today to get into Job. I don't know if we have time to get into Job today, but next week I won't be here. N- next week we'll be in the office. Sorry, my Bible's very heavy. Ah, amen. We'll be in the office next week. Dr. Miro is preaching. Love your neighbor by speaking life over your neighbors. I know you want to call your friend the ding-dong, but don't call them a ding-dong. I know you might want to call your husband a meathead, but don't call him a meathead. Say, my husband's blessed. He washes the dishes every day. I declare he makes good money. I declare he got a promotion. Hallelujah. I declare my kids are obedient. Speak life. If you can learn to speak life every time you open your mouth... James said you'll curb your whole nature. You'll become a perfect man. Hallelujah. Fully mature, fully developed, a perfect man. Let me read that again in in the Amplified. He is fully developed character, a perfect man, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. You see, you might have the nature to be late The nature to put your homework off to the last minute. The the nature to get bitter and angry, resentful and judgmental. That might be your nature, but if you can control your tongue, you can curb your nature. And you could become the man or the woman of God that you were made in the image of God to be. Because God had designed it that we would be able to control That we would be able to have reign and dominion in the place that God has planted us. That we would multiply and have authority in the place that God has planted us through our words. Through our mouth. What Satan wants to do is to first go after your tongue. And bring you down so low that you'll begin to curse yourself. Isn't that what Job's wife said? Why don't you just curse God and die? All Satan was after was Job's words. Everything that Satan did was to get Job to curse God. To open up his mouth and to speak cursings against God. And look what Job realized in Job chapter 6 verse 24 and 25. Look at the light of revelation that Job had. Job 6:24 and 25 says this, "Teach me, and I will hold my tongue." Because Job said in his heart daily, what if my sins have sinned against God? What if my daughters have sinned against God? What if my sons... And the Bible says in Job chapter 1 that he would continually offer sacrifices in fear. In fear that his kids have sinned. That his kids would be judged. That his kids would would fail. And he would say this continually. Job 1 says. And the enemy got into his life. And the thing that he greatly feared the most. He spoke. First he spoke it. Then he says, has come upon me. The thing that you're complaining about, like, well, if so-and-so don't happen, I'm not going to get a visa. If so-and-so happen, I'm not going to graduate. And you're speaking what you fear the most. And the devil just wanted you to speak it so he could bring it to pass in your life. See, God said, I've given you life and I've given you death. You choose which one. Teach me, and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred. How forcible are right words. How forcible are right words. I'm not going to be here to remind you of this for the next two Sundays. But I hope that you would take a little bit of what I said today and you'd pull it down. You'd take it into your heart that you'd consider your words. Consider your joking, your judgments, your criticisms, the poison that comes out of your mouth. And you begin to think, can fresh water and bitter water come out of the same mouth? You can't cuss today, gossip today, and then tomorrow ask God to bless you. You have to choose which side of the fence you're going to be on. Because if you're in the middle, you'll never eat the fruit of what God has provided for you. The life, the salvation that he's provided for you, that he's died for you to have. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I have some more to say on this, but we'll get back into it maybe next month. But I felt as we're talking about loving your neighbor as yourself, one of the things God wanted you to practically understand is how to love your neighbor with your words. How to speak life over your neighbor's The Bible doesn't say point out the gap. It says stand in the gap. Do you hear me? We have to not say pastor's always this. My wife's always this. My kids are. No. Say what you want. If you can curb your words, you can curb your entire nature. You can set on fire the course of nature and begin to kick in laws of life and salvation and redemption and blessing and promise for you and your household. Do you hear me? Father God, we thank you for this word today. And I pray, Father God, that you would take it, that you'd put it forefront in our heart, and that this most unruly and evil member of our life, the tongue that has the power to curse and to bless our lives, that we would, Father God, serve you with our tongue in the fear of God. And that you keep us father God, from foolish and vain jesting and that we would father God, speak life and resurrection and hope not only in our lives and over our family but also in our neighbors that we love you with our tongue and love our neighbor with our tongue not curse or not love you but curse our neighbor, but we love you with all of our heart, mind and soul and that we love our neighbor. And we speak life in our neighbors, life in our church members, life in our husband and in our wives and our children's lives with the authority and the power and dominion that you've given to us in our words. How forcible are words made in the image of God to speak what we want and have what we say. And how far has... People fallen from that dominion. But Father God, restore that dominion to us as we redeem our tongue and bridle it unto the servitude of Jesus Christ to speak the life of God. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message today on War with the Saints. We had to stop the recording at that point, but... You might be listening right now and you say, Pastor Joey, I wanted to pray that prayer. If I was there, I would have prayed with you. I'd like to pray right now as a matter of fact. I'd like to give my life to Jesus Christ. I would like to have God in my life and I'd like to know Jesus is my Savior and my Lord and surrender my life to Him. You know, repentance means to turn away from your way of doing things and to turn to God's way. We've done things our own way. Like they used to say in Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, when I did the 12 Steps, they said, your best decisions and your best ways of thinking and your best ways to handle life have gotten you to this situation, and now it's time to trust a higher power. Well, there is no higher power than the God of all the earth. His name is Jehovah, and he sent his son Jesus to die for you, and through him, you can Turn from your way of doing things to His way. And His way is the right way because He made you. And He made you for a purpose. And He knows exactly what you need to pull out your potential to forgive you of your sins, deliver you from the things that keep you away from God in a sin and death cycle. And if you'd open up your heart to Him right now, together with me, God can begin a new work in your life. So just pray with me wherever you're at. Whether you're driving your car. Whether you're at home. uh, Wherever you are just, just pray with me. And repeat after me. Say Father. I come to you now. In the name of Jesus. I ask you. To forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in the blood of Jesus I believe that your son died for my sins and on the third day he was raised from the dead from this day forward I belong to you in Jesus name amen you prayed that prayer I'd like you to contact me and we can send you some more resources and materials that could help you start this new life. Because this is the first day of the rest of your life. Email me at joe at nationsabroad.com or email the church at nfcontact at gmail.com. And we'd love to speak with you and just correspond with you and put you on the right path. Maybe help you find some local churches there online or something, or maybe we know some pastors there that could follow up with you and help teach you the Word of God. Thank you for listening, and feel free to download the other podcast and just feed on the Word of God.